0: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit PascoMedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey with Christ as we are living out our passion and purpose in Him my name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely dear friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. Michelle, how are we doing today? How we, how's it going? How's Lent so far, girl? <laughs> I'm fine, except Heather told me I couldn't move around. <laughs> She's like fun. a third grader right now, people. You have no idea what we just went through to start the show. You have no yeah. idea. Okay.
1: For Lent, Michelle is easy, but you tell her not to move around, and that's like the greatest sacrifice and torture for, of all times. Uh,
0: for Lent, Michelle is sitting still, which is really hard for her. It's so hard. I don't sit do still.
2: Um, but Lent, yes, we are doing good. I'm doing good. I'm actually embracing Lent. Um, I would love to say that I've kept my no sugar, but I haven't. But I've kept my other Lenten Promises. Um, but I want you to know I was grocery shopping today and they had Starburst jelly beans in the aisle. And those are like one of my kryptonites. And I picked it up and then I put it back down and walked away.
1: <gasps> oh, so the
2: struggle okay. is real. Starburst no more. And so, <laughs> But I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm doing well. Heather, how's your how's your Lent, Heather?
1: <laughs> my Lent is going well so far. I also have given up sugar, so that means nothing in my coffee. And then of course our listeners on the Facebook group are going crazy over this one person who said that they put a scoop of Nutella in their coffee. <gasps> mm. And how, how delicious it is. So I can't wait till Easter Sunday because you know what's happening that day, Nutella baby. <laughs> like nutella on anything i think will be a huge success so oh. yeah so far so good Mine's going well nutella mm-hmm. hmm. how about hmm. you sister
0: well, it's going pretty well. We were talking earlier. I did get a very severe case of food poisoning. So that was Aww. a little Lenten surprise that was not fun at all. So I'm just recovering. Today's the first day I've actually been hungry, really. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty awful for the last few days. But I'm on the mend. So Thank God. It's, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the worst.
0: That's probably going to be my one thing is how the human body overcomes disease and disgusting things. <laughs> called food poisoning. So... <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. We want to say thank you to all of our listeners who've joined this Lent for our podcast um, series on Life of the Beloved. We have heard so much great feedback. So you're most welcome. If you're just tuning in, you're still welcome to join us, grab a book, and jump on in the journey. This week, we're going to talk about uh, Henry Nouwen's chapter on Becoming the Beloved. And so our kind of guiding quote for this chapter, which is a short chapter, it's not as long as the other ones, is when Henry Nouwen writes this. He says, Becoming the Beloved. Means letting the truth of our belovedness become enfleshed in everything we think, say, or do. And it's great because he says, as long as it remains kind of a lofty thought or a nice idea, it's not going to change us, but it has to be the truth of who we are. So the reality of being the beloved has got to become enfleshed in how we live. It's got to be a lifestyle. Just like, you know, we know anything else in life, if you want to change, it can't be a 90 day fix. It has to be a lifestyle change. So, Heather, we were talking about this earlier, so when you think about this quote, it kind of you know, this reality becoming enfleshed in our day-to-day life and all that we think, say, and do. How does that work for you? How do you live that out in your day-to-day life?
1: You know, it just made me go back to thinking about just on a natural human level, like what we need as human beings to thrive, you know, and I was thinking about the difference between um, orphans and studies that they've done on like babies who aren't touched and aren't told that they're loved and how they just have failure to thrive. And then I look at my own children who gosh, sometimes I wonder who's loved more than these kids, you know, like they just have grandparents and friends and all these people around and, um, you know, the the ways that we love on our kids and, and they they're thriving, because they know that deep in their guts, they know that they're so loved, no matter what they do. And as I thought of that on just a human level, um, it just made me realize, yeah, the importance of this not just being an idea, but something that is truly, Infused into our very being that we know that we are the beloved it would change how we live it would change how we receive people in the world it would it would change how we we wouldn't be as guarded we wouldn't be as angry we wouldn't be as resentful you know knowing that at the very core of our being that we are seen known and loved by God who is is the lover of all um, and that we are we are his dear ones. Uh, that that really changes everything. And it has to move beyond a surface idea or an intellectual thought um, into something that's lived out and, I think I can just see it most easily in in my children. Something my husband has done. We talked about this on an earlier podcast, but for those of you who haven't heard it, from when they were babies, my husband has always like just held his mouth to their ear and whispered, he calls them secrets, whispered these little secrets of who they are, that they're, that they're loved and that he cares for them and that he's so proud of them and that they're beautiful and um, that our son is strong, like all of these different things. And he's done that from, really the first hour that they were alive until now. And they they have just, it, you can just see them soaking up like this affirmation of who they are. And, and I, I use that as, a, as an image for my own relationship with God. Like how often do I sit and allow myself, my heart, not just my head, but my heart to hear the words like that I am beloved, that I am his darling one, that I matter to him that he sees me, um, that he's, he's given his life for me, you know, just all of those deep realities. And it's really been inspiring to me to, in my own relationship with God, to sit down and begin to open my heart to that. Because I find that if most of my pain and wounds come out of doubting that place, you know, and where I, I end up searching for it with other people or other things or, you know, circumstances in life, which I think that's the human story, you know, of course. But Michelle, what are your thoughts?
2: Well, I think from my thoughts just becoming the beloved, like that it's a process, and he calls it a spiritual, mysterious process that we know that to the core of who we are, we are the beloved, but to become it, make it a tangible reality. And I like what he, uh, Henry now and says, it becomes visible and tangible in the ways we eat and drink and talk and love and play and work. Like that becoming process. And, um, Yeah, it is not in, it is not a tangible reality in all those areas of my life. You know, like, let's just get honest. And for me, right now, one of the uh, things that I've been working on is just even play, you know, because I'm thinking, um, like, when uh, the being the beloved, one of the things that I realized, one of the voices that I hear is like self reliance that it all depends on me. Like, I'm the one that has to keep this ball rolling, I'm the one that has to keep all the, you know, wheels spinning so everything can get done. I mean, it's part of being, you know, a wife and a mother of six kids and all the other things I'm in charge for. But um, like, OK, it all depends on me. And that's a lie. It all depends on him. You know, self-reliance is a big thing um, or I can do it all, you know. But so I realized because of that self-reliance, it takes away my um, playfulness. It takes away my, you know, just being able to be in the moment and become the beloved and just laugh. And, um, I mean, I can be goofy or I can be, you know, the life of the party, but for me, it's, um, in the little moments in the wondrous moments with the kids on the front porch or those kind of things, like really allowing myself to become the beloved and play. And I was even thinking about it, like an eat and drink, you know, when you're cooking dinner six nights a week. I don't really love to cook. And so it is totally functional for me. Like you people are hungry again. You want to eat again. Didn't you just eat? Like I can totally skip meals. For some reason, they can't. Like for a growing boys, what do you mean you want to eat? You just ate, you know? And But like making that an art form, you know? Um, I was just listening to a podcast earlier and she was talking about food and it was this chef and she was so much fun. And um, like it's an art form, you know? It's a way that God nourishes us. It's a way that um, it's hospitality, it's beauty, you know. In my mind, I'm thinking it's Tuesday, it's Taco Tuesday, it's functional. You oh yeah, know? It is. <laughs> every day is Taco yeah.
0: Tuesday. All right, can I just say that? Yeah.
2: Sorry, go ahead. And so, on. On. but yeah, and just like okay, but this is a process, and um, I'm enjoying. It. I saw it on thinking on someone's Instagram feed on their description of who they are. They said they're a celebrator. A process celebrator they celebrate the different processes i was like hmm. usually i hate processes because i think <laughs> they take too long but i was like <laughs> nope i am going to be a celebrator of processes i'm going to speak that over myself if it kills me and all of you around me you know we are going to celebrate these darn processes so yeah that's what i'm at what about you sister
0: I think that becoming I, I I love what both of you have said. I and I'd also think there's such a security that comes in resting in the truth of who we are as beloved. And I think that when we can rest in that, there's a difference like we talk about so often, resting versus striving. And I know for me my deepest area of, of woundedness is rejection in my life. And just areas where I've experienced rejection and and the kind of story that we tell ourselves around that rejection. And I think that it just it oftentimes will pull me into areas of hustling or trying to perform well to be loved or to keep love or to get love or to, to get known or whatever that is in my own my own story, my own journey. And I was just thinking of, there's such a difference between resting on the heart of Christ as his beloved and letting life, you know, whatever, come what may, come what may, and staying there in that security versus getting off of his heart, so to speak, and trying to manage my own life. And it was very interesting. I just had something painful happened to me last week that was in the past it was very painful but i think in the past it would have really sent me into a a a darker place and but because by the grace of god just of who i have in my life and and friends like you guys and just like the work that god has done in my life i could take a situation that was painful and and hold that disappointment and i had this very distinct image of myself at, at the end of the day holding this this thing that happened that was painful, it was disappointing, I could admit that. But I could also hold the other side of the story that something also beautiful happened on the other side of it as well. And that it didn't have this person's opinion or this person's comment didn't have the effect on me of my identity as a person. And I think when we can live more deeply in that, when I can live more deeply in that, then I can also receive you as a person as well, that I can receive you as a gift uh, that God sends into my life. I was just listening to a talk by a dear friend of mine, and he was speaking to religious sisters. And he said, you know, part of kindness, part of kindness is receiving the one that God sends you. It's receiving them heart to heart, the person that God sends you, the the deep receptivity. And I think it's hard for us to receive other people if we're always in our own heart vying for our own belovedness. So that means we're using other people to make sure that we feel beloved. But when I can rest in the truth and I can more in my day-to-day life have those moments where i'm like okay what's going on here and then i can choose with my will to rest in the security of who i am as beloved which we said is marked upon us in our baptism that's an indelible mark a truth a reality then my life takes on a different context and i receive myself differently and i also receive you differently so i think it has a lot of different nuances to it like the facets of a diamond it's really it's it's very instrumental how we're going to live our life as Christians, really. I think it's that yeah. paramount.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think where we, most of us struggle, I would say all of us as human beings, is that we bring those questions to everybody and everything, usually, other than God. It's like, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Oh, we gosh. bring it to our job. Right. We bring it to our friends. We bring it to our enemies. Who do you say I am? We bring it to the haters and let them speak, you know, a bunch of hate into our life. And instead of going to the one who only can answer that question for us. And I think that that's where along the way, it's not just that some of us question um, who we are, and if we matter, and if we are a beloved, um, but there's been so many wounds that have compounded over the over the years in our life, um, that we not only need to hear that, but we need to let God restore like all of those places that have been broken and wounded. Like you said, you know, you're seeing progress in your life because you're doing your work and you're allowing yourself to be loved by God. Your whole word about resting on the heart of Jesus this year, you know, obviously there's already fruit being born from that. And it's because you're, you're actually living it in the day-to-day, which is a difference. We often have good ideas or we, we like a quote to write down, but we don't want to integrate you know, into our life. So this is different. I love this topic because it's different.
0: Well, and he says that at the very beginning of the chapter, he says, he talks about um, the fulfillment of life in the spirit. And he says, uh, as soon as we catch a glimpse of this truth, right, the fleshing the truth of becoming the beloved, we are put on a journey in search of the fullness of that truth. And we will not rest until we can rest in that truth. And do we not all know, my dear sisters, like that, that desire for truth, that desire that St. Augustine says, you know, our hearts are restless or actually the original Latin says our hearts are unquiet until they rest in you. And it's like this relentless search for us for home, like, like Jean Valjean in Les Miserables when he sings that song, Bring Him Home bring him home, you know, and that's what God is trying to do with us, especially in this Lenten journey. That's why we practice prayer, fasting and almsgiving, their they're means of healing. So God can bring us home into his heart, into eternal communion. That's why we're doing what we're doing, you know?
1: Yeah. And if we don't have that in our mind, what is in the end, what our hearts have been made for, you know, it all seems really worthless, doesn't it? (laughs) Like we're directionless. So it's so important, I think, especially in this season of sacrifice and giving up things and the invitation to draw close to God and to allow other things to be rooted out of our life. We have to have the goal in mind that it's not about pain. It's not about suffering for the sake of suffering. It's about suffering and giving up for the, for union, you know, so that we can be deeper united with love love himself.
0: Michelle, what are your thoughts, girl?
2: Well, one, I was just reflecting, like, when you were telling us earlier before we started recording, you know, the situation that was um, difficult for you, you know, but um, earlier you would have let that define you and would have taken you down for the count, you know. And now um, just because God's done a mighty work, even this year, a lot this year, you know, it. you took it. It wasn't. You know, it wouldn't have been your first choice. You would have, you know, like, <laughs> uh, would no. to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But it didn't define you. You know, it didn't it take you down for the count. It didn't define you. You're like, yep, that's not comfortable, but let's move on. And um, you were able to see where God was in it and who you are in that. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, you're in the process of <gasps> becoming. <laughs>
1: you're working the process girl
2: (laughs) yeah it's so you're doing good yeah it's so um which is it is and just we're all on the journey on the way home and I think that is it's and um when we see glimpses of that light in front of us that home is almost there we keep on taking another step when we see glimpses that um I think when we feel comfortable in our own skin that God designed you're like okay this is what I was meant for this is how I was meant to be loved and this is who I am, then it's like when you can almost feel like that comfort in your own skin, how you are designed and created for, you can take another step in closer and another step closer and realizing, like Heather said, that um, the things that make us are uncomfortable that we wrestle with are usually to open up our hearts um, so he can come into a place that we haven't let him in before, you know, um, a place that he wants to get in and, um, you know, so we can be close to him. Um, I was also thinking when we were in Austin, we went to mass and how cute was that priest so that cute. we went to mm-hmm. mass in Austin. And he was talking about Lent being a tsunami oh, of grace. I, have, I wrote
0: that down. That was really striking to me. I've thought about that so often since.
2: Oh, me too. And he was just talking about Lent is a tsunami of grace and just responding to that grace and allowing that to transform us and change us. And I'm like, okay, really, when I approached Lent, really, am I being transformed after these 40 days? Do I look differently? Do I love differently? Do I receive love differently? Or am I the same person? You know, like when you really enter in respond to grace, you should be transformed, you know, and I'm like, am I allowing myself to do that? Yeah, is um, it's the really end been result, a good check.
1: Is the end yeah. result a chocolate binge on Easter Sunday? Or is it going Zero to be
2: something deeper than that? yeah seriously like what do I want to see like myself transformed in spirit and truth or do I want to say pass the starburst you know starbucks whatever starburst (laughs) jelly beans like whatever you want to do man if you put the jelly beans and starbucks coffee like that would be really good Easter Sunday but anyway um yeah like what is the difference and he also that cute little priest said something when we were leaving mass and he said um he was talking to us and to the parishioners and saying, you inspire me to be a holier priest. But he said, go out and live out your baptismal beauty. Amen. this week." Mm-hmm. I wrote that down in my journal. I'm like, ah, oh, I just love that. Go out and live your baptismal beauty this week. Mm-hmm. You know? And if we are like sister was saying that I'm Mark, a priest, prophet and King, how am I living that to beautify the beautify the world and the kingdom this week? you know, this lens in my life and all that.
1: So, and that's why it's important that we dig in, especially with community and with actually listening and taking time to pause in our life, which lent is a beautiful opportunity for that, but it can pass us by because we all are busy. We all can fill our life with a hundred things that don't matter that cause us to settle for mediocrity. And just like, well, this is how life is, you know, that idea where so many of us will fall into that at various times. Um, and he talks about that. Like he he says on um, page 47, when the deepest currents of our life no longer have any influence on the waves at the surface, then our vitality will eventually ebb and we will end up listless and bored even when we're busy. Oh,
0: that's so society today, man. Oh. I know.
1: Sister, why don't you talk about that for a sec?
0: Oh, I when I read that, I was like, I highlighted it in my little Kindle version here. I, that is, I think that's the average person right there. We're bored and listless, but we're so busy. And I think I, I remember you and Jake, when I heard you guys speak a long time ago, the very first time I heard you, you gave that example of that's the common response we give one another when we say, how you doing? Good, busy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and like how true that is. And a lot of us are bored. To, we're just bored. And I think a lot of us don't even know why we do what we do. We're doing it because that's what we're quote unquote supposed to do. But why, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's driving me? I, I just, that for me was, I, I thought about that a lot. Like listless and and when we're busy. Oh my gosh, isn't that so true?
1: Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. I mean, I think of so many times that I've allowed my life to be lived like that. And the times that, you know, the Lord has broken through and helped me to realize it does not have to be this way. It does not have to be this way. This was not the life that I have planned for you, you know, not to say that our life can't be full, and that we might have a lot of things to do, but it changes how we do our life in the everyday things when we are having an encounter with God, when we really are living and entering into the Paschal mystery and going through the various seasons of you know, suffering, dying, and rising. Hello, there is a rising to it all. And uh, sometimes we just are like, In one phase, walking around in the same circle over and over again, (laughs) you know, but we're not going anywhere. And I've often said that, like, often for us as Christians, it seems like we're carrying our cross, but we're just walking around in circles. We're not actually walking (laughs) it up the hill and then dying on it and allowing our, you know, God to breathe new life into us again. And I think for me, like, this is the hope that I'm hanging on to right now. You know, I'm going through a challenging season in life where I'm having to dig into the deep places, the deep, painful places of life again. And a part of me is going, God, really? Again? Like, we're going to do this again? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like, you know, he would, if if I could hear him with my ears, he would just say, yes, we're going to do it again, because I have so much more for you. This is, not the, this is not the life I have for you. I have so much more for you. And because I love you so much, I'm not just going to leave you here. And, um, and that's the hope for me as I journey forward into these places, because I know that God won't leave me. He is not going to abandon me here and let my life, you know, just feel empty and listless and bored and full of busyness, you know, that he, he has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, we all fall into that, don't we? And so he's going to talk about, Henry Now is going to talk about that. He's going to go from, you know, being the beloved to becoming the beloved. then he's going to talk about um, the movements of the spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he's going to break it up into four words of taken, blessed, broken, and given. And so we're going to delve into that next um, about this journey, right? So as we become the beloved, as we're learning more, like, how does God you know, how does God do this in our life? And, you know, he, what God works as we often, you know, kind of talk about is that he works in the day to day. So he doesn't work just theoretically or kind of out there corporally. He does, but he also works interiorly within us as well. And he loves through us in a way that he can't love through anybody else. And he loves us in a way he doesn't love anybody else. And we love God in the way that nobody else loves God. So it's a very personal relationship as well. This is not a generic, oh, I love you. This is like, I'm giving, give my life for you. My heart is pierced open for you. So bring your heart to mine so I can heal you. And that's, that's Lent.
1: Welcome to Lent, ladies. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and gentlemen, I just want to acknowledge the guys who are, I mean, some of the, there's so many guys who are like, um, yeah, I actually listen to your podcast, you know, and um, like when I'm driving home from work, or there's like a few guys in the book study. they're like, I hope I'm welcome here. Gentlemen, you are so welcome on this Amen, journey with man. us. We love it when the guys join us. So just interchange the words. If we're saying ladies, just insert Man, in there.
0: <laughs> we should have more men guests on our show again. Everybody loved your husbands on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should like I think we should get more men on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, ladies. So as we kind of wrap up that discussion and ponder that for a bit, I'm gonna be thinking about that actually for a while. Do we want to talk about our one thing? So. Heather, would you like to talk about your one thing, my girl? What's, what's sure, your one thing?
1: sure. My one thing this week is um, I had the pleasure of going to see Matt Maher in concert. He was in Bellingham, Washington, which is just across the border. So it's only like half an hour for us. And I just brought um, a group of young people with me, which was just so fun. I was totally the old mama who who (laughs) who who took the young kids to a concert. Um, And I had the pleasure of meeting Matt long before he was, you know, the big superstar that he is. And just when he was involved with Life Teen and we got to play worship together um, at Mass. And we've just kind of continued this relationship every time we see each other. Kind of connect, and so um, his concert was beautiful. His music, some of his new stuff, I hadn't heard his new album, and just to see him grow as a person and the way that he is loving God and his whole concert, it was full of music, but he also just spoke a lot about relationship with God and about the real things of life. And it was just beautiful to hear his journey and his story and to see the impact that he's having on people in the church and in the circles that he's in, that he is just so Catholic. Like there was a whole bunch of, this was hilarious. There was a whole group of Nashville Dominicans who were there from our diocese. And so they went and, and Matt was like concerned about some of his songs. He had to change some of the words so that he wasn't saying the H word, you know, um, the, um, that you can't say, or the A word that you can't uh, say during Lent. So he he changed it because he wanted to be a good Catholic boy. And he is <laughs> so that the nuns wouldn't get, up, get upset with him, which they wouldn't. But it was just really funny. Um, so anyway, and then we got to meet with him after and and chat and catch up. And um, I'm just, yeah, so blessed by him. And, and the church is, is better for what he's doing and what he brings to the table and how he uses his gifts. So Matt Mar is my one thing. And if you don't know who he is, you should check him out. Michelle, what's your one thing?
2: My one thing is um the Upper Room is a new it's a worship band, it's a church out of Dallas and I've discovered them and I just love their worship and um I've been listening to their uh, song Defender. It's written by Rita Springer, but they do a version of it and the girl's voice is just stunning. Um, they haven't overtaken Bethel yet in my fan club, but they're getting really close. And so, but um, it's just a beautiful song, you know, um, the, how he defends us and how all we have to do is worship him, you know, and um, there's a line in it and it says, it's better your way. And I just keep on thinking about that over and over again, you know, hmm. just doing it his way. Hmm. So instead of my own, you know, so mm-hmm. that is my one thing. What about you, yeah. sister? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Heather is a good girl and she sent me another Lenten playlist on Spotify, which I love her for that. So I've been wearing that out. So I've been laying in my bed sick for the last couple of days. So that's been awesome. But I do have to say, I, I'm loving the Olympics. Can I just say that? And uh, I've enjoying watching the Winter Olympics. And I, I watched, and this is the extent of my life right now, I was watching cross-country skiing. Like that's like, you guys, go. <laughs> oh my gosh, go, how boring is that? Go, go Norway. I mean, but I was like, these guys, all right, these guys. it was an hour and a half long race y'all an hour and a half long race of just guts out totally pedal to the metal cross-country skiing and these i just could not believe that the human body can endure things like that and you see these great feats of like whether it's bobsledding whether it's ice skating whether it's i mean somebody put on twitter the reason why we like the winter olympics is because 85 percent of the events would kill us if we tried it (laughs) 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 which is true i mean like put on a pair of Hispanics and ride a sled down ice for 80 miles an hour. Like let's, what great idea is that? Um, but uh, or, I just I've been really enjoying
2: skiing it. Where they flip everywhere, I'm oh thinking, all right, no ski poles, and they do all these flips. I'm like, yes, who thought of this event? Like, how did they even create this? Yeah, and you Winter know?
1: Olympics when they wipe out, it's like everybody is just cringing because it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah. They're going so fast, and that ice is so hard. It oh. is,
0: and and that's the thing is to think of for all the jumps that they land, they've missed probably a hundred. And you just see you think of the triumph of the human person, like I was just watching last night and these two ice skaters totally biffed it, this pair totally biffed it, and they got up and they finished their performance, and the girl at the end cried because she knew that they missed the medal stand by a long shot, but the commentator was like, I can't even believe they have the courage to continue to go on, and they did. They got up and kept going, and that's you know you know I love sports. I always use sports analogies, but that's one of the reasons why is because it really reveals like the courage of the human heart and the willingness to push your body as far as it can go, and you keep going even when you think you can't. So, Winter Olympics, you're my one thing for the week. Awesome (laughs) cross country I think think
1: you need to do a whole podcast (laughs) just on Olympics by yourself, Michelle and (laughs) I'll just tune in and listen. (laughs)
0: So,
2: like, is she wearing a unitard habit right now? Is she wearing spandex? Okay, like, <laughs> actually, we'll I rate her podcast if she does it. We'll be like, you got a yeah, nine point five on that one. <laughs> I did a triple axle in my chair. Okay, so.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. If you liked our episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. If you click on the image to the episode, you can find all of our discussion questions. You can join our Facebook page. You can join our Lenten book study series, Facebook page as well, our study group. And so we're just enjoying this journey with you. Thank you again. And until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you.
2: Have a great week.